that? Sean Belby. I see Brittany Jersey getting buckets. <laughs> Do high school basketball rankings really matter? I'm 50-50 on it. It matters in some circumstances as to where if you're, if you're ranked in the top 50, you're probably pretty well known throughout the country and on the circuit that you play on. This means that most of the high major division one coaches in the country will come to see you play. And even if you aren't that good, you might get a scholarship anyway based off your ranking. But every year you hear about the guys who fall through the cracks. Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, TJ McCollum, Jimmy Butler, even Dwayne Wade wasn't ranked in the top 100 in his class. Most recently, people have heard about Duncan Robinson, who after high school went to prep school for a year and then commenced to D3 Williams College. And no, and no disrespect to Division Three basketball players at all. There's a lot of guys that are playing Division Three who are better than guys playing Division One. It's just sometimes they don't get the recognition that other players get. But how does Duncan Robinson, who is now one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, go so unnoticed that he had to play Division Three for a year? But that takes me back to my point. Do high school basketball rankings really matter? It's not where you start, it's where you finish. I graduated in high school in 2015, and there were only eight guys in the NBA from that class that were ranked in the top 25. And the only three that are well-known are Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, and Brandon Ingram. With this being said, I'm super excited to welcome Elijah Hughes to the podcast. Elijah and I were teammates the past three years, and coming out of high school, he was not ranked in the top 100. Um, he went under-recruited, initially committed to Eastern Carolina, and played one season there before committing to Syracuse University. Uh, this past season, he was first team all ACC, um, should have been ACC player of the year and was a top five player in the country uh, for Syracuse. Uh, Elijah, how's it going? Thanks, for, so, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. What's good, bro? I'm all right. Just cooling, chilling, uh, trying to stay safe. I feel you. So let's, let's get into it. How are you? How have you been? What have you been doing the, during this quarantine to, you know, try and stay in shape and, and keep your basketball skills, um, you know, up to par? Well, number one, I'm good. I'm healthy. Uh, all my loved ones are good and healthy. Uh, I've been working out um, every day. Uh, I'm on a lifting schedule, uh, trying to change my diet, my diet around, stretching, you know, just taking care of my body more and doing more as I can throughout this quarantine. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainties right now, but the one thing I can control is uh, trying to stay in shape uh, and trying to you know, just stay sharp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's an extremely weird time for you in particular. Um, any other year, You'd be in Vegas right now playing in the NBA Summer League, actually. Um, you know, if it was, you know, a normal year and, and all these things were going on with the COVID-19 and, and things like that. So with no team workouts, potentially no combine, um, you know, maybe just a, a draft in October or November is, is what they're saying. Um, can you just talk to me about the NBA process right now? And, um, you know, with everything going on, what have you been hearing um, is going to happen? And just how can you, you know, stay ready for that? Right. You know, um, I've just been trying to control the controllables. Uh, and that's really the only things I can control is, you know, trying to stay in shape, which I'm running a lot, um, trying to my diet, working out. Um, and then I'm going to let everything else, I'm just going to try to let everything else fall into place. Uh, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen because of time of uncertainty with the, with everything going on. But, you know, I, as long as I can keep controlling the controllables and uh, things are just, I'm just going to let things point out how it, how it does. Mm -hmm. Have you heard? So I think they're, they might be trying to do a combine. Um, but no workouts, right? Is, is that what you've been hearing? Yeah, I've heard a multitude of things. You know, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard the opposite of that. I heard what you mm -hmm. just said. I've heard a gazillion things. So, you know, it's just really like, just like you said, a time of uncertainty. And um, it, it's kind of stressful and frustrating, but, you know, I'm just, you know, trusting the process. 
Right. So you recently signed with Excel, um, you know, one of the best agencies, one of the most respective agencies, um, you know, especially for basketball players. Um, so there's rumors going around lately that, that you know, you're probably going to fall in the, in the first round, late first round, um, if not early second round. Um, I've said on Twitter, and, and I'll say it again on the podcast, that um, Elijah Hughes will be the steal of the 2020 NBA draft. Um, but what have you heard? What, have, what has your agent heard? Um, are you guys able to be in contact with teams or, or not really just because they're in Disney, Disney right now, you know, trying to prepare for their, their, the, rest of the, the rest of their season? Right. You know, me and my agent, uh, we're actually, you know, really kind of close. And um, he kind of, you know, just tells me the same things I've been telling you. You know, I just got to worry about them, worry about them now, you know, worry about getting better, worry about staying in shape. So when, when it's time to be ready, I'm going to be ready. So, you know, he, he's, he's got everything with the NBA stuff kind of in the works. He, he's putting it together, but he's, you know, I'm just doing what I do on my end, which is the basketball thing. He's doing all the other behind-the-scenes stuff. So we don't really talk too much about, you know, teams or, you know, interviews or like that. I let him handle all that. I just, you know, control, I guess I control the control. That's what I can really do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a crazy time. Um, yeah. Just to be in right now, such a weird, you know, draft process. There's really no pre-draft. Right. Um, not too many, like, trainers and stuff doing pre-draft workouts and different things like that just because there's really no gyms open. Um, yeah. I have a buddy in L.A. who who's about to start a pre-draft, and they'll, every gym in L.A. just got shut down yesterday. So, you know, that had to get canceled. Um, so it's just, you know, such a weird time right now to especially try and be in the draft, you know, try and stay in shape. Um, but for those of you who don't know Elijah um, that well, his senior year of high school, he played on a team at South Kent with Elijah, Tremont Waters, Miles Powell, and Matt Moyer. Um, you know, thinking about that team, it seems like it wasn't even that fair. Um, you guys obviously had you. You had Tremont Waters. Uh, for those of you who don't know Tremont, he was Rookie of the Year this past year in the G League. Uh, Miles Powell's first team All-American this year in college, con you know, considered the best shooting guard in the country this year for college. And Matt's going to play George Washington next year. Um, so can you talk to me a little bit about that team um, and, you know, kind of what your role was on that team? Right. You know, my, my that team, first of all, it, it kind of put in my head that I can play at, you know, the highest level with anybody. Uh, just practicing against those guys every single day, you know, having to switch onto a ball screen and guard Tremont, having to chase miles off screens, you know, having to you know, fight mount on the board. So it was I just kind of proved people that I could play the highest level, including myself, most importantly, I could play the highest level. And, um, bro, it was awesome, bro. Like, we, the memories we had that from my one year there was just unbelievable. Like, I could sit here for hours and talk about that. But, you know, our team dynamic was great. You know, we all loved each other. We still, we're still in contact. So I reached out, we talked daily. Um, you know, it was great. It was awesome. But it really helped my confidence a lot. You know, I really, I really proved my that, you know, I, I could play with the top guys. I, I could, I belong in that conversation. So just playing with the guys really helped me my confidence and uh, helped, got me prepared as well. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Tremont, he's, he's in the bubble right now with the Celtics. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll be able to see him get some time on the court this year. But um, how many guys, how many games did you guys even lose with, with that team? Um, you know, early, you know, with a team like that much talent, it's, it's yeah. hard to figure out your role, figure right. out. You know where you fit. So we, we lost a few. I mean, that last one. Um, you know it is what it is. But as the season went along, we started to figure it out. I started to figure it out personally that you know I gotta defend, and I just gotta make plays and make shots. You know if I do that on this team, that I'm gonna help us win games. So and then Tremont's gonna be Tremont. Um, Miles is gonna be Miles. Matt's gonna be Matt. And I was kind of that 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 fourth guy that you know a lot of teams don't have. You know a lot of teams have three, maybe two guys. And to find that fourth guy who can give quality minutes and good, good, put up good numbers on uh, consistent night was uh, huge for me. 
Were you, so are you saying you were like the fourth option on that team? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I was going to say, so was it, was it hard to get shots, you know, with those other guys or did you guys play pretty unselfishly? It was, it was not hard at all. You know, especially we got, we had a lot of smart guys on the team. Like we got Tremont, you know, he's a, in my opinion, the best guard in the country at the time. Uh, we had Gary Clear, Matt Moyer, and then we had a top shooting guard in the country, Miles Powell, and they all just made the right play. So it made, it made my job much easier just to continue to make the right play. So uh, no real struggle with shots. You know, some guys had their days, some guys didn't. That's how basketball goes. And uh, we just play so well together. So, you know, I talked a little bit that, about this earlier, but um, you were originally committed to Eastern Carolina, played there for one year. Do you feel that you were under-recruited? And, um, you know, do you feel that going to Eastern Carolina for one year kind of helped to get you to where you are today? Right. You know, honestly, I got people ask me that question a lot, like why ECU or, you know, things like that. Were you under-recruited? My thing is, bro, I, I just love basketball. You know, ECU, mm -hmm. they brought the recruiting process, so I felt comfortable. And that's another thing, too, I felt comfortable. So, you know, I don't really look at it as under-recruited, over-recruited. I, I just, I love basketball. So, I felt comfortable. I went there. Things didn't work out. Decided to transfer. You just learn from there. You know, it was never really, uh, you know, I want to prove people wrong or I want to do this at the third. I just love playing basketball. That's what I love to do. And love to compete. So, and it just, it didn't work out. But uh, I'm glad things worked out the way it did in the long run. Mm -hmm. Do you, did you know when you decided to transfer, did you know that you were going to get, you know, such high major looks like Syracuse? And I remember you saying you were close to going to Seton Hall um, and, and some other schools, but did you think that you were going to have these big time offers after only averaging like seven or eight points, you know, at, at ECU? Uh, you know, at South Kent, you know, those, uh, those pickup games, we had our, our runs during the preseason and all the co like coach K coach, you know, Calipari, you know, Coach Tony Bennett, Coach Beheim, you know, Coach Jay Wright, a bunch of these coaches were coming to our open gyms. And, uh, you know, they kind of would always leave, ask, like, who was that number 20 kid, who's kid? And um, I didn't think that, you know, that would they would remember me or they would, you know what I'm saying, like, really have an idea of me in the transfer portal. But, you know, a lot of them to schools did, like Virginia reached out, uh, Seton Hall. You know, Seton Hall, a lot of people don't know, was, like, I was a lot. You know, I hadn't, pretty much I was going there. And um, that's just what it was. And, uh, but then Coach Bam called me, and uh, the rest is history. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but to answer your question, you know, um, I kind of didn't really have – I didn't really have an idea who would, you know, come in contact with me. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, so how long after you decommitted from ECU or put your name in the transfer board or whatever, uh, you know, did someone from the Syracuse staff reach out to you? Um, oh, maybe, like, three or four days. Yeah. Three or four days, yeah. Hmm. And who, who was it, Red or, or GMAC? Coach Red, no, Coach oh, Red yeah. called. He actually called me while I was packing my room, my, uh, my dorm up, and then he had told me that Coach Bram was going to call me later that night. And then we talked for about, you know, 30, 40 minutes, and uh, I wanted to take a visit. But to be honest, I took my visit to Seton Hall, like going into, like, whatever, I went home. And then I took my first visit to Seton Hall, and it was, that, like I said, it was kind of like a lock. Like, I didn't, I didn't really need to go anywhere else. I didn't do anything else. I was going to Seton Hall. Because, you know, I'm taking it to Syracuse. I'm going to go look at it, talk to the coach, we'll see what he says, and whatever, we'll go from there. You know, I ended up, you know, <laughs> falling in love with Syracuse and uh, what they do. And um, what really attracted me was that all the coaches there play for Coach Beheim. So they, they know, they understand. So it's it's easy. It's easy. It's easier for, them to, for us to relate to them and vice versa because they know what to expect from Coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially, you know, working with GMAC so much and, him telling us all those stories of, you know, him playing 30, 38, 40 minutes, you know, for coaching and things like that. 
Um, but let's get to it. You know, your career at Syracuse, we're there for three years. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about your redshirt year? Um, you know, how hard was that year for you? How hard was it for you to stay motivated, you know, knowing that, you know, that you were never going to play? Right. I mean, you probably know better than a lot of people about my redshirt year. I get into it, but, you know, I was mm -hmm. mature in the year me. You know, I, I kind of, you know, I had some bumps in the road, but I late, late toward archery, I kind of figured out, you know, I got a lot of slot in and mm -hmm. still play. And um, you know, I just, it was hard. Like you said, it was really hard. It'll be games we lose by, you know, four or six points. And you know, I'm not saying I'm going go in there and score 20, but you know, I know myself and I know I can, you know, get us over the hump sometimes. But that's just the way the ball spins and the rules we got to go by. But it was definitely really hard. But, um, you know, I just try to stay motivated, stay focused and, uh, you know, I just wanted to make it act however way I could most of my time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you remember, but I think it was like December or January um, of that year, and we were talking. And um, whether you you knew it or not, um, I was always keeping tabs on you just because I'd always seen the potential that you had. Um, and I remember one day kind of just coming up to you, and, and I said something. I think it was like, bro, like you're blowing it. Um, you know, like you're not doing it as much as you need to be doing. And, um, you know, you need to be working harder because, you know, you could be such a special player um, someday. Um, and that's just because, you know, I thought you weren't taking advantage of your redshirt year. Um, right. But I always thought that, you you know, you were going to be great. And uh, and that's why that's why I said that to you. Um, but for all the guys listening, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a redshirt year, I think it helps a lot. Um, and I don't think enough people take advantage of it. Um, you know, I've been around a, a bunch of guys who have redshirted, and I feel like none of them have taken advantage of, of it as they should be. Um, you know, you're not – you know you're never going to play, so – why not work out, you know, three, four, five hours a day because, you know, the games come, you can be tired, you know, who cares? Um, you know, there's videos of Zion early in the year, he's falling asleep on the bench, um, you know, so um, obviously it's tough because, you know, you're never going to play, but, um, you know, that richer year, um, it can help a lot of people and it helped you, you know, once you turned it around and in December and January, you started working out, you know, a ton and, um, you know, that's why you've had such a good career, you know, the past two years. Um, you spent way more time in the gym and, and working out with Ryan in the weight room. And, um, you know, I was really happy, happy to see that. Um, so can you just talk about that a little bit, you know, how you just turned it around and, and you kind of changed your work ethic, work ethic and, and things like that? Well, like you said, um, you know, I came, we had actually coach let me go home for Christmas break for a couple of days because you know, I wasn't really playing. So he let me go home and, you know, I was talking to my parents, you know, I was, you know, I didn't really think too much of nothing that I didn't think of too much of basketball, but at the time, you know, it wasn't really as focused as I needed to be. I didn't see what people were seeing in myself. Exactly. So, um, I guess, you know, my parents would talk to me and told me, like, I got to lock in, you know, all the nonsense I was locking. You know, let's take advantage of it. So, that when I got back in January to school, um, we, I worked out with Jerry. You know, he said that was my best workout I've had my whole rest of the year. So, I was just focused and I was pushing through. And uh, from that moment on, I just, I just kind of, you know, flipped the script. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm in college, I'm 19, I'm having fun, but there's also, you know, a level of focus you have to have as a, you know, high-level athlete. And, um, you know, I just kind of just stayed locked in since. And uh, I just stayed in the gym. You know, I would go late at night with some teammates. And, you know, I just really put my more all my focus into basketball. How hard was it, you know, to watch that year, especially towards the end of the year, you know, making that Sweet 16 run we had and, and that video of, you know, Tyus hitting that step back and your courtside right there, you know, pumping your fist. Um, you know, was it hard to, to watch that team? Um, I know you probably want to be out there so bad. For sure. You know, I think his dream is playing in March Madness and to make those historical Cinderella story runs. But, 
as hard as it was, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, man, that was super fun. Like, I had so much fun because that was my first time traveling. I got to travel with you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, I team, so I was able to travel. So I was able to get my first look at, like, how we go on the road. And, you know, we're taking charter planes and, you know, we got hotels. Like, it was just it was a lot of fun. Like, I've never really experienced anything like that. So, you know, I just try to – I really try to enjoy it. I had a lot of fun. But, again, the other side of it, you know, it's, it kind of hurt because, you know, uh, we beat Arizona State. You know, that was awesome. I mean, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. Flew to Detroit, uh, beat TCU, beat Michigan State. I went to Omaha. And it was just it was just a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But it was super hard not to be able to play. But, you know, I was super – also, I was super proud. Like, a lot of guys in the locker room after that loss, I guess, do. A lot of guys were sad, you know, upset. Uh, broken, you know, uh, the real competitor sucks to lose, but you know, I, I've never been more proud of a group than I was, you know, of that 2017 group. And uh, I was just so happy to be a part of that team and help, you know, if it, even if it wasn't just in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a spe- such a special team. Um, right. You know, obviously, every every year we have our ups and downs. And, but that next year, so that next year, um, what did you think your role was going to be? Everyone thought Tyus was leaving for the draft. Um, he decided to come back, you know, at the last minute, the very last day, he decided to come back. Um, so, you know, what did you think your role was going to be? Um, everyone thought that you were going to be the guy that year. And then, you know, with Tyus coming back, um, right. Peter Bull didn't really know what to expect from you, um, to ex- if you were going to get minutes or not. But um, can you just talk a little bit about that? Right. You know, um, well, coaches recruiting pitch to me was that the year I sit out, that was going to be Tyus's last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, with the year he had, he had a tremendous year, his sophomore year. So. I honestly thought he was leaving. No, that's my. I thought he was he was leaving, and but he ended up staying. Yeah, I think he made the best decision for him at the time. And uh, I saw going into it, going into the year, I was able to play. I, I didn't, I didn't think I would start to be honest with you. I, you know, Marek was coming off a great run he had his freshman year. O'Shea returned. We had our whole starting five back. Yeah, so. the whole starting five coming back. So it was hard from to a, you know, from a Sweet Sixteen team. Exactly. So it was hard for me to imagine that I'll be getting minutes or and not minutes but in the starting five and um so yeah it was just it was just kind of like it was just I didn't know what to expect I don't know what really my role be because I you know it was just weird so um first couple games I kind of see how it was going you know I'll kind of be that third guard that you know was in there making shots um attacking closeouts not doing too much with the ball but you know be ready to play off closeout or off a, a down screen or something like that or spot up make shots so that was kind of my role, you know. I I shot I shot it well from three, um, and yeah, you know, it was, it was a lot. Of, it was a fun team. We we got to the tournament. You know, unfortunately, we lost first round to Baylor, but you know, it is what it is. But that that time, you know, my role was kind of just you know that spot up guy, make threes, and things like that. It's like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you still had some huge monster games that year, um, even though you know you weren't the first option like you were this year. But um, obviously, I got to ask. Favorite memory of that year? Of that year. Um, obviously, people say the Duke game, um, that three-quarter court shot. Did you did you think it was going in? What did you think when you shot that? As soon as I lift my hand, I knew it was good. Like, as soon as I, like, let go of it, I knew it was going in. It was either going in or hitting the back of the rim and going up. <laughs> yeah. It was just, but um, we had a thousand, like, not just that shot, but that game. Like, that game was nothing like I've ever experienced in my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. And it was the craziest game I've ever been a part of. I had a headache for, like, Three days after Marek came back to Syracuse, his back was all messed up. I think Tyus was like limping for a couple of days. It was just, it was just crazy. The environment was crazy. Yeah, you had a monster first half. Um, yeah. What people forget is that that poster that you put RJ on. 
And I feel like that was like kind of the play of the game that no one even talks about. Like that dunk was crazy. Like you put RJ in the rim. And like for some reason, no one talks about it. They talk about the three quarter court shot and Marek taking a charge on Zion, um, right. which are obviously other two other huge plays. But but that poster was crazy. You know, yeah, that was <clears throat> that was just kind of a read. You know, me and Marek have had that connection since he's got here, that backdoor connection. Um, I, mean, I just kind of I seen a little space, so I kind of just took off, and uh, you know, people know what happened next. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so you know, fast forward to this year, Ty's declared, um, O'Shea declared, Frank and Pascal both graduated. Um, what were your expectations for this year? You know, what were your expectations for the team? Um, did you think you were going to be putting up, you know, the numbers you did? You were averaging 25 and 5, you know, for, for a majority of the season. You know, it's unheard of in college basketball. Um, you know, what did you expect from yourself and from the team this year? Right. You know, uh, that, well, from that, yeah, after a few to Baylor, we had our meeting, meeting, and then coach individual meeting. And, uh, you know, he kind of knew that I was the only one returning. So he told me, like, you know, the, the car is mine. You know, it's time to drive. And I pretty much gave me the keys and was like, like, you know, go out there and do what you do. And uh, that, that summer, I probably had my best summer. You know, I was super locked in. You know, I could tell stories about me and Jerry, you know, start workouts all summer. But I was so locked in. I was there the whole summer. Uh, and I kind of changed up my body with Ryan. And I just really dialed in. <clears throat> so, with that being said, uh, it was I was I was just ready to go from the jump, and I was looking forward to it. My first time really in being a leader. Uh, I've really been a leader ever on a team. Mm-hmm. But this is my first time being a you know by example and vocal kind of guy, and uh, you know it was it was a good year statistically wise. But you know I wish I could have did more. Yeah, um, I I feel like you know everyone wishes they could have done more. Um, you know started off the season a little rough, but then you know picked it up towards ACC play, won like four or five straight. Um, and then, you know, that last game of the year was, you know, probably the best we played all year. Um, right. And I know, I know we were looking forward to the, the Louisville game the next day. Uh, but can you talk about that, that UNC game um, quick? Um, did you hear at halftime that the NBA was suspended? Um, did someone tell you or did you, were you just so locked in on the game? Yeah, you know, I was locked in on the game, but I think Bo had said that uh, Rudy Gobert had tested positive. Mm-hmm. After that, well, after her death, I knew it was only a matter of seconds before the season was going to get canceled or put on pause or mm-hmm. whatever. So, but we still had another whole another half of basketball to play. So it was, my focus was doing the game. But I knew that as soon as we got back to the locker room that or back to our hotel that, you know, the season was going to be canceled or it was going to be on pause or something yeah. like that. Before that game, like, no one even really talked about it. Like, obviously, you know, people were talking about coronavirus, but, like, it was more, like, overseas and stuff like that. No one was really talking about it in America. And when Gobert tested positive, everything kind of just, you know, shut yeah. down. Uh, and I remember even after the game ended, like Brad and Ryan, like everybody right. loves on and they were telling everybody to shower, even if you didn't play. Um, everybody was just being super cautious. Right. Um, and then the next day, we were actually like about to leave for shoot around. And then we had got the text that, um, you know, the, that the season was canceled or the game was canceled. Right. So, um, you know, it was a crazy time, but, you know, we're lucky that, you know, we ended our, you know, season on, on a victory like we did. Um, but uh, Elijah Hughes, um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No Looking problem. forward to the NBA draft, um, you know, whenever that might be. Um, like I said, steal the draft here, 2020 draft, Elijah Hughes. Elijah, thanks so much. Appreciate it, bro. No problem. Time for the rebound. He's not going to get it. Oh, oh. oh Belby. Now Sean Belby all alone. Three different walk-ons in the scorebook.
Bafo, Dave.